Hey, Ed. Hello. Uh, first of all, it'd be great if you just introduced yourself. Uh, my name's Ed Wong. I run a company called Tabar, and uh, we're most well known for some conferences called LAST, Lean, Agile and Systems Thinking, and also a couple of other events, conference events, which are called First Conference and Spark the Change, and I guess also lots of meetups around that I've helped to organise over the past six or seven years in Melbourne, which that's probably a, the thing that a lot of people know me for around here as well. But uh, yeah, I've been back living in Melbourne since 2011. Uh, before that, I'd spent 10 years living in England and a, a bit of time as well being a sort of ski bum in, in Canada. So I'm quite fond of Canada. And along my Along the way, I discovered Agile and Agility or from about 2004, I came across XP and then took a little while off. after that, I went back to <clears throat> the normal operating procedure. A very enlightened chap called David Marks gave me uh, User Stories Applied mm. book. It's a yeah, and the C3 Wiki was my friend in those early days. So and so on and so forth. So, that, and then when I moved back to Australia, and I, a couple of times I flipped back to mm. really non-gile or ungile <laughs> or anti-gile kind of things, agile in name only, mm. you know, type of things. And I just thought, this is ridiculous. I don't want to work like this. I want to work with the, the really good principles of agility, the collaboration that really appealed to me. So when I came back, I thought, and to live in Melbourne where I'd grown up and went to university, I thought I'll, uh, I'll try and do something myself. I'm, I'm sick of you know, <laughs> giving all my good ideas away to someone else and, and not really sort of going anywhere. So that's my really crap beginnings of being a, a sort of, in quotes, entrepreneur in this space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, did you work for other companies in those? Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time working in educational publishing and being a young fella back then, uh, knowing a bit more about digital stuff mm -hmm. <laughs> than other people in, in that space. So, we're, and, and we're talking about floppy disks in the back of school books mm -hmm. kind of level and the pro progressing from there up to web, web based products and through your web 2.0s and and all that type of thing so that's no. sort of my background that's kind of interesting given that you're working at RMIT online yeah now I'm working at now. RMIT online uh, because of Bruce Taylor who you spoke about in the last podcast I believe and the poem and I was just filling he was filling me in on what was happening and I said did you know I used, I've worked in educational publishing for about 14 years in, in, in the past and I'll, where I got my start in, in Scrum and XP and all that was in that space so I, that's how I ended up having the chops to be able to understand how that may or may not work in that particular context so it was pretty useful mm. thing to have. Yeah. You talked about 
you didn't want to work that way before and you said you wanted to work with the really good principles? Uh, I, I've not known what I've wanted to do <laughs> since I was a child. I knew I didn't want to be an accountant like my dad from a very young age. Uh, but, uh, but apart from that, I sort of envied the people who wanted to be a doctor from being very small and then going and doing it and now thriving in that type of thing. I've been the type of person who hasn't known and just does things on a bit of instinct. Everything feels like an exploration. Hmm. To sort of to quote from Kent Beck's talk that I saw the other day at Yale Conference, you know, an ex, it's an exploration. Certain things have moved into his ne the next phase of expand. Yeah but expanding to a limited degree. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, then there's the third E of that is extract. And you know, I don't think I've ever gotten, gotten to that. So just still trying to work out all of that. And working for bigger companies like that, I just found like I was giving my ideas and they weren't really fully being realized the way that I wanted. But because I didn't know any better, that just seemed to be the progression. Go to university, find a job with a company, Hack away, hack away there, mm -hmm. move your way up, you know, move to a different company, do the same thing. Mm. And then eventually I went, hang on a minute, <laughs> let's try and do something something else. So yeah. when I moved back to Melbourne, I, I actually ended up running training courses for the Telstra Learning Academy and two-day front-of-class kind of things with 30 people, some who may have wanted to be there and quite a few probably didn't want to be there and they definitely didn't want to be there and so <laughs> yeah. that was a interesting thing and I sort of that's the way I met Craig Brown uh, yeah I'd actually met Craig through the Agile and Scrum meetup group yes <clears throat> but I got to know him a bit more there and also Mark Richards yeah, right. was there yeah. and I, I was meant to be doing a um, what was it called a sort of kind of like a lean and Kanban course and helping them develop that yeah well helping them to deliver that after ThoughtWorks and Accenture and whoever had put it together and mm -hmm. um yeah there's a there's a there's a story there okay there's more stories there yeah cool. which we probably don't have time for so is that when table started uh no that happened a couple of years mm -hmm. after that okay because I you know everyone was hearing about the uh, crisp in Sweden mm. Yeah, and, and, and Henrik and uh, the other people involved, we tried to pull people together and we had a, um, Anton Rousseau came along and he had the, the name Tabar or Tabar. To me, there's no right way of saying it because we've just taken the word from uh, roughly Persian. A certain dialect of Afghan, it means uh, a small group of people in a tribal unit. Yeah. But it also means axe. So I sort of look at it as like chopping through stuff. Mm -hmm. And if you're from that area, you sort of roll the R a lot more than I can. Oh. Uh, and, and, that, and that's sort of how it started. We, tr we got a bunch of people together in the Dandenongs. We tried to come up with a way of cooperatively working and building something which was a bit like crisp. But we didn't really know what crisp was. Yeah. We had the drawings. And when you bring more than a few, as you will know, a few people together, it's really actually quite hard to get them to agree on stuff. Yeah. Um, some other people who do it reasonably well are um, Sandy yeah, and, and, Nomad 8. and Nomad 8 yeah. in New Zealand. And we, we've spoken to her quite a lot mm. about what she's been 
what she was trying to do and what she's done. And um, Oddi in, in, in Singapore, Bass, Bass Fodders. Oh, Bass Fodders, yeah. I always call him Bass Bode, but you say Bode. Well, uh, I think it's Foddy because, or Vodder, or he's uh-huh. Dutch, so. Yeah, it's that thing, isn't it? I, yeah. I, I know Craig has said to me before, just in, you know, conference corridor chat, that you know, someone needs to come through and just sweep up all of these independents and... And, and that was the whole idea, like, trying yeah. to work together. All these people who are around mm. who have this lone wolf thing, wouldn't it be better if we were able to work together in, in some loose or, you know, medium... Cooperative type fashion. And that had all things about it's just really hard to agree mm. <laughs> on what that is and... I wanted to make it a co-op yeah. model, which is a legal entity in Victoria, and I thought this is going to be great. And yeah, the co-operative model didn't really work, and it sort of whittled down from 20 or 30 people in the den, and almost to five people to yeah, yeah. two people to... Yeah. When we spoke on the phone a little while ago, just as you were crossing the street, trying not to get killed mm-hmm. on Swanson Street, you mentioned someone said that you were the John Safran of the Agile World <laughs> So, uh, someone from Western Australia had moved here and thinks that I sound like John Saffron, which no one has ever said to me before. But, you know, I take that as a compliment because <laughs> he's quite a smart chap. So, yeah. There you go. There you go. When you worked in uh, educational publishing, mm-hmm. were you in a technical type background? I so started you off. You talked about XP, so. I was called a production manager and I was responsible for getting CDs and floppy disks done and the packaging. You know, back in the super old days. Yeah. And sort of coordinating it all. And then I sort of morphed a bit into project management and that turned into Gantt charts. Lots of huge, massive Gantt charts. And that was, <laughs> you know, small little epiphanies about how useless in many ways that was. Not completely useless because you know, recently I've been reading some stuff about um, certainty theatre. Mm. Uh, my mate... John Cutler has been talking about that amongst the billions of other things he, he talks about, but it's in a slightly different context, but the whole kind of, oh, at least someone knows what's going on, but it's all, for me, it was fake. Yeah. I've been working hard on this Gantt chart, printing it out onto this A3 bits of paper that I taped together, rolling it out in a meeting, people being relieved, and as soon as I do that, anyone starts talking about it, it's completely wrong. Yeah. And at other various points, I've been called a solution architect. But then I was found myself sitting there typing away going, I've no idea what I'm doing, you know, what this solution is meant. Why am I doing it for, you know, uh, that, that type of thing. And gradually understanding more about talking to the, the user and the people who are going to be using the, the, the product. And then 10 years ago, 07, 06, 07, getting introduce more to the concepts about human-centred design or user-centred design as it was sort of known more than UCD we used to call it and the value of that and how iterative development of things and 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 talking to people and showing them actually was complementary mm. and I but I find it really interesting that UCD HCD slash UX slash design that type of thing has a kind of um uh, oppositional effect to agility. In, 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 I don't mm. know if you know what I mean. I think I do because it, it, it smacks a little bit of um, upfront 
doing work up front, right? So, I mean, to me, it's like, it's really complimentary. Mm. Do a short thing, check if people are into it or, or mm. not. And yeah, somehow there's always been a little bit of op opposition and divide there, so. Yeah. We, I think it meshes quite well. We do yeah. our fundamentals and we follow it straight on with design thinking. I find it really good to teach the basics of design thinking to engineering teams and they really come alive and go, oh yes, yeah. we've yeah. been building the wrong thing. 100%, yeah. how many times you go in somewhere and you go, hello software developers, when was the last time you spoke to someone who actually used this? And they go, ah, oh, never. Yeah, well, or, often they're not allowed to, they're kept from it. Yeah, oh, we can't do that because to do that, we'd have to fill in 52 different mm. forms in order to go on site and you know, ah, right? Mm. Yeah, so. I think that's actually a beautiful <coughs> thing that the internet has brought us because when you're in a digital team, you can actually interact with your own product as a customer. So there's no excuse for, if you're in one of those teams for not being able to walk in your customer's shoes. And one theory I've, heard, theory I've heard is the whole Agile took off because it came at the right time for you know, dissemination of information through the web. Mm. <clears throat> it was in opposition in some ways to product and management telling developers and tech teams what to do. Mm. And now maybe what's coming now is sort of like that come back yeah. and the whole user experience, certain aspects of user experience coming out and, and trying to, whether deliberately or not, reasserting it itself in a kind of, no, we need to do a bit more of upfront mm. design and planning. Like, like everything, there's like <coughs> extremes mm. and somewhere in the middle there's probably a way f and people do yes, it. Yes, I've it also work, seen right? people do loads and loads of sprints of, of design thinking and even sometimes a Google sprint seems like too long to me. I think it's very much a... And, and then obviously in t Twitter and all that crap, we've got people who polarise opinion or just have kind of put out controversial ideas <laughs> just yeah. because yeah. they can. Yeah. Do you want me to talk a bit about last and I meetups want, and stuff? I absolutely want to ask about, so when we were walking here, I was saying the idea of organising a conference terrifies me. We had to organise a breakfast for 40 people and that seemed very stressful. You routinely organise meetups big, big conferences that have become very popular and very big in amongst our community, and not just in Melbourne, in multiple states. Yeah, there are, there's very loose design. There was no future five-year plan or 10-year plan or anything like that. Just started going to the meetups. I was going to meetups in London, the, the London Scrum user group where I met a bunch of people who, you know, uh, Jeff Watts, who's a guy who did my scrum training with, and Nigel Baker, and all those people, and I don't think that meetup's really doing much anymore. And then when I came back, I noticed that Kernsey had started this meetup, the, uh, the Melbourne Scrum and Agile meetup as it's known now, group, and because he'd had his kids and it was all chaotic for him, Craig Brown had come to live in Melbourne and started, and then I just started going along and just the freeform nature of it was just turned into anyone can come and organise. So I just started helping and we established a cadence of the last Wednesday of every month and this story needs to be told. Uh, I went, came back to live in Australia and hadn't been to Sydney for a while, for quite some years, and I thought, and I saw Agile Tour 
you know, you must know Agile Tour. Oh, it rings a bell. The thing that started in Europe it was all about going to Paris, Berlin, and Amsterdam, and whatever, in kind of, kind of quick succession. And you could go and travel around and do a bit of a tour. And uh, uh, Jeremy in um, Benazra in Sydney decided he wanted to do something, because it started in France, right? He wanted to do something in Sydney, and I heard about it. I went up there, thought it was the greatest thing ever, came back and said to Craig, who were doing the meetups, oh, we've got to do something like this. And at the time, Craig was working at Swinburne University. We organised, and this is all like complete luck, right? Mm. We were able to get the space there, and we continue to um, be hosted by Swinburne every, mm. every year, and it's great. And we just thought, let's just do something. And we thought, we'll be happy if 50 people turn up, and 120 people or so turned up and, and, and we, st we were calling it, seven things were on at one time, we, we started calling it um, a meetup on steroids. Yes. So we just had a day where we had back-to-back -back meetups and we had seven concurrent streams and we thought that was crazy enough. And the nature of Craig and I are, you know, he's one extreme and I'm another extreme. No, I wouldn't say extreme. I'm not you, that extreme. You both don't seem that different to me. But oh, what right, do you mean? Okay. I'm one, I'm one. Just in organisation and approach. So, and so stuff. who's more organised? Who's less organised? Uh, I think you would agree that I'm probably more organised. But compared to some people, I'm completely not organised. So, you know, I'm not an extreme. I'm sure there's a lot of organisation <laughs> happening in the background, but you always do have a very relaxed demeanour, even at the events. Uh, because we don't sort of pitch it as a kind of super pro thing, yeah. we get a lot of leeway there. We don't charge much for it. Mm. So we get a lot of leeway and help and people help. Anyway, so then it grew and grew and it was like 150, uh, 300, 450, got too big for one day, turned into two days. In year seven, we had 550 per day of each day. Uh, so. And then what, how, what year are you in now? Uh, seven. Yeah, right. 2012 was the first one. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and it was all inspired by this. And everything, like I was saying earlier, everything's just happened because Quite sort of organically. accident. Yeah. yeah, so you only grow on demand. You don't say, how do we make it bigger next year? Is that, is that sort of our... Oh, we, oh, we've pretty much reached our limit for Melbourne. Yeah, right. And then what happened Yeah, so how did you go into state? because people coming from Sydney. We, we never, I, I always said, I don't imagine that anyone is going to come from not Melbourne, yeah. let alone not Victoria. Yeah. And people started doing it. A few people from Perth and Sydney, New Zealand were coming and people who were working in Melbourne moved back to Brisbane mm. or... Do you think they don't go to Yao or they don't go to... No, I think they do. Yeah. I think they do. I don't know, like, it's completely unscientific. <laughs> uh, and Canberra started because of Matt and Mia were coming from Xanax, were coming to Melbourne pretty much every year from the start. Yes. And I was going, ah, do something there. If, if 20 people turn up, it's fine. You know? Yeah. So yeah. do you do as much in the other states? No. As the, oh, okay. I so provide you... a framework. Yeah, right. A website. I help, I sort of handle the kind of ticket sales mm -hmm. and stuff like that and and i just but i basically try and leave it to a certain degree a high degree mm. to be something that the people in that city create mm. craig and i went okay let's try and like do some principles around this 
and that's sort of like working with a spirit of openness, yep. working with the people within the community as much as possible, involving the people from the, that community to build it, mm. something that's valuable for them. And I mean, obviously, because we've got a good group of people mm. in this sort of wider community that we've, we have, there are a lot of you know, there are quite a few people who go, oh, I'm gonna come, I wanted to go, go and do a session in Brisbane or Canberra yeah, right. or, or what have you, but yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting that what you said, because we have this good group of people, but some of it is you kind of put out there and you get it back. So because you have these principles that you enact. It's the only way I know how to do it, like, mm. is to be open. And that can have its pitfalls. Uh, Such as? I think that everyone who's a lone wolf would be better acting together. Mm. And not like that everyone who's like that, uh, you know, is completely just in it for themselves. But mm. There's a certain amount of that. And I just think that <laughs> we should also work together wherever mm. possible. And sometimes my expectations of being working with people don't match up to what their expectations are. So that's been an interesting thing. And um, but now, I've always been a bit of a late developer as well, so now I feel like I'm hitting that bloom. point where I actually really know what, it, you know, I'll probably be dead soon, so, you know, <laughs> um, by the time I actually have, have figured it out, so, um, yeah. We're all on a journey, Ed. Hey, yeah. um, I wanted to ask about Spark. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a story, like, so there was, there was a thing that started in Europe called Dare Festival. It's all about workplace happiness that's basically its whole thing and it started in belgium and it hooked up into the happy mally network which is jürgen apollo's network that he started and he is um, a much more com a consummate entrepreneur than i am he's built this huge thing and written loads of books and and started lots of movements and he has his agility scales thing and he had Management 3.0, and he had uh, um, Managing for Happiness. And so I got, got in and, and, and organised a thing called Dare Festival, mm. which was um, a satellite kind of thing off, off of happy, the Happy Mally network. And one thing led to another, and Dare turned into a thing called Spark the Change, um, which started in London. Uh, Dare went off and did its own thing, mm -hmm. and I knew Paul, who had started Spark the Change in in London. It's just such a small world. Mm. He worked at the same publishing company years ago that I had worked in, but in a completely separate um, but connected bit. Mm -hmm. And years later, he told me that he he was going to poach me from the other other thing, but he ended up not. <laughs> and uh, he started this thing called Spark the Change, and I decided to change this about the change and right now it's in it's, it's sort of hiatus in London it's, it's happened in Paris for the first time it's happened in the Netherlands on hiatus it's happened in I think Pune in India Jason Little runs the lean change management guy runs it in Toronto yeah. there's some people who also run it in Montreal uh, uh, Melbourne and they're all subtly different mm. everywhere Spark the Change in Melbourne is, is, is about meaning and purpose and work. Mm. And the latest version we had in 2018 was trying to bridge between corporate 
responsibility and all of that type of stuff with um, not-for-profits who do, in our opinion, um, purpose pretty well. Mm. So that's, and we, we brought that back after having a little break yeah. on, on that, so. And then to, to round out the bunch, you've got first conference as well. So first, yeah, last was sort of like um, for practitioners, by practitioners to steal, to steal something from Agile Tour Sydney, mm-hmm. that line. And first, our little joke is first came after last, so first came second and last came first. It's a really silly Adam Costello type. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But first we thought, okay, how can we, um, right now I'm gazing out the window of the 13th floor at different office buildings around, how can we help or do something which is more for those people who don't really know, mm. but they've been told yeah. that they have to do this agile thing. Yeah new ways of working, future mm. ways of working, mm. blah, blah, ways of working, you yeah. know. A nice entry into it. And I would so, yeah. it definitely is that because you get the keynote inspo part and then you get a little taste of, yeah. of and, last a little bit. But and, and, yeah, and, then, and, and so we were like, okay, it's a bit more Big Bang. It's not Big Bang like a big conference, mm. but we have more of a budget to have people like Jürgen come over. We've had Jürgen, we've had Alistair Coburn, uh, Ben Linders, the, the retrospective guy. And, who have um, we got this coming next year? What we've, who we've got coming is Lizette Sutherland and she is, I consider one of the, you know, the great experts around at the moment on remote collaboration. Mm. She, has, she has her book out at the moment called Work Together Anywhere and it's really good. Mm. And I know her through the Happy Mally Network, and I first met her in her, where she lives, well, yeah, well, in the Netherlands, she lives in the Netherlands, she's originally American. And I said, Lizette, I'm coming to Europe, I just want to meet you. So I took the train out to this place called Nijmegen, it's near the German border. I borrowed one of her bikes, and we cycled across the border to Germany, had coffee and cake in Germany cycled back into the Netherlands and that was basically our meeting. Yeah, right. You know, one of the... And then I said, listen, when your book's ready, maybe there's something we can do in Australia. That took two years. Mm. <laughs> and then her book came out and it's great and people around were saying, like, you know, the people at Envato were like, ah, oh, yeah. her book's great. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to bring her out here. So. So we're running some workshops, ironically about remote collaboration, but as she <laughs> says, well, as she says in her book, uh, nothing beats a bit of FaceTime. So one of the recommendations, if you've got people who are working remotely, you still have to get them together mm. as frequently as possible. And definitely at the start of things, mm. I've had things where I have not met people in India and I've tried to be makey and all that with them and it hasn't really worked. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, you have to, you talk to any of those companies like that, they go, you have to get people together and Travel eat budget, yeah. together and have mm. a bit of a laugh together. Oh, right? Do you want to hear a fun fact about eating sure. food together? Yeah. It might be in her book as well that I heard from my mate Rachel, which is um, traditionally, it's always been a trust building event because sharing the same food together yeah. is and is an indication of like, I will feed your part of the yeah. tribe. We are now same yeah. tribe. Yeah, and that's 100% one of the change patterns in um, fearless change. Yeah, right. You know, fearless change. Yeah, do food. Do food. Yeah. Uh, amongst a lot of others which I found really good. And um, yeah, 
trust building and safety and all that type of thing yeah. still isn't easy to do mm. over using technology. It's going to get better, Definitely will. a lot better, because mm. we were talking before about virtual reality and mm. uh, what, what large screens, large better screens technology, better broadband, better bandwidth. Yeah, all of that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, resolution, that's what I'm, ultra resolution and yeah. Uh, uh, and not having that whole, can you hear me? Can you hear yeah. me? You know, <laughs> Sorry, you dropped out. Yeah, kind of, and, you know, that whole Silicon Valley TV show, yeah. hologram <laughs> kind, of, kind of stuff. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, but we're bringing Lizette here and she's going to run her work together at Anywhere Workshops in Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, yeah. and wherever else. So she's keynoting it first as well. Yeah. And then she'll be doing workshops too. She's here the are whole they, of are March. Are they for sale, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can go up They're to. They're not to sold out yet, are they? No, you can go to tabar.com.au now cool. and get and, right. and find out about that. And uh, probably New Zealand as well. We're just sort of working on that. And, and you know, we'd love Perth, Canberra, Adelaide. Mm. Just depends. You can see the demand. On, mm. on what the demand is. And we'll get her into private uh, yeah. sessions with some companies. And pa part of that will be remote with remote teams yeah, that they right. have and yeah. people in-house. Yeah. I remember thing, I so did, um, I went to a ThoughtWorks Live conference, I must have been 2011 or 12, and Eric Rees appeared mm. on video conference. Mm. And I remember having this real, oh, this is a thing. Mm. It is, uh, yeah, I, do, I, I got that from um, Future, of, Future of Work conference, yeah. and they had um, Guy Kawasaki and yeah. some people, oh, that really could be a thing. Yeah. That was a few years ago and it's going to be a thing. It so definitely will, yeah. Even and it's more. nice because you, you know, you're a bit more connected with the world and shouldn't that be what we use technology for instead of ranting on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, as I was saying before, that's a growth area I think yeah. I'm going to get into. So, yeah. That might cover off of the next question, which is, um, what does the future hold for Ed? Uh, I feel like I've sort of possibly graduated from at least high school on all of this stuff now and maybe I'm at finishing my undergraduate so I think from there I'll be able to actually really go off and do something um, more in postgrad yeah, I love no, how you look at you talk in educational terms <laughs> everything I've I look look at in like the coaching area mm. is all about learning. Mm. But I've never been a teacher mm. as such. But but think about all of the learning you facilitated through your yeah. people together. Everything is about learning and connecting people and helping people. Yeah. And that's why I'm little helper on Twitter yeah. actually. So years ago I was trying to personal brand a bit and I spoke to this developer that I know. Uh, called Tony, and I said, "What do I do?" He said, "You're like, you you help people to get stuff done, and you're like a little helper, projects little helper." And you know, I've sort of gone away from the projects bit now, but um, little helper. And people are like, "Oh, don't use a diminutive," uh, but I just sort of seem to suit what I what I do. So <laughs> I just try and help people connect or and learn stuff and do stuff and learn why the principle around it 
you know, it's not around just standing up. It's not post post notes and sharpies. Why are you why are you doing it? And mm. it's no good if a bubble exists who who get it. Mm. You've got to help everyone else get it. And that like tells training thing. I learned a lot about teaching people from that. What people want to know what's in it for them. Yeah kind of thing and um, yeah so at some point I'll probably write the, uh, the book that Craig's been wanting me to write for years he wants me to call it The Wong Way that's kind of racist Craig. <laughs> um, I, but I, until now I still don't know what The Wong Way is yeah. but maybe I will soon maybe I'll get to that point where I've yeah, yeah get where I where I, I get to that so Ed Wong Little Helper yep thanks thank you so much for your time no problem more power to you